Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos daf pay. We're starting Ayin Tesamur Bey's the last three words on the daf. Today's shir is sponsored Le'ilu Nishmas Miriam Basrab Meir Hakayin. Her neshama should have an aliyah. The Mishnah told us A person's chayev if he cares out enough ink on Shabbos that could write two letters. The Gemara daf pay Amid Alf on the top says Tana. The Brasa teaches us, A person is high for carrying out two letters worth of ink, no matter where this ink is. It could be dried ink, that's diyoy. It could be two isis in the kolmos. It could be ready located in the quill. Or shteyasis It could be in the ink quill. No matter how he carries it out, he would be chayv. By Rava, Rava asks, He carried out three separate drops of diyoy. One of them was dry, one of them was in the pen already, one of them was in the ink well. Mahu, what's the halacha? Are we going to combine all these to be mechaif for bringing out the shear of ink? Gemara says, take it, we'll have to wait for Eliyahu Anavi. Amar Rava, Rava says, says, a person brought out two letters worth of ink, and he wrote them as he was walking. Chayv is chayv, ksivasen, zuha, and chasen. Because writing them is putting them down. We know that when a person carries from one Rishas to another, he's only chayv once he places the object down. This fellow didn't place the ink down, he continued walking, and he wrote the letters as he was walking. He's still chayv, because that's considered placing the ink down. And another halacha from Rava, Va'amar Rava, he brought out one letter's worth of ink and wrote it down. And then brings out another letter's worth. Putter, he's putter. My time, why? While he's bringing out the second letter's worth, now he's missing the shear of the first one because the ink has already started drying. So we don't have a full letter's worth of ink over here. So we can't combine these two letters. Another halacha from Rava. A person brought out one half of a gregarious worth of food. This is half of the shear. And he put it down the Rishas realm. And then he brought out another half of a shear. And he placed it down. We look at the first half of a shear as if, as if it was taken by a dog and eaten. Or as if it was completely burned. We're not going to combine these two shear. The Gemara asks, why? It's resting on the floor right in front of us. And we should combine these two half shiurim to be mechaiv him. Gemara says, Hachikamar, this is really what we're saying. If he went and picked up his first half of shiur, kaidim hanachas shniah, before he placed down the second half, Nasus Rishina, then the first half of Shir is like Kamisha Niklata Shinisrafa, as if it was taken away or as if it was burned, Upater and Ispater, because he doesn't have that first half of Shir there anymore. Bamarava, Rava taught us another Allah. he takes out half of a shir vinicha and he put it down. and he takes out another half a shir, the heavira derch aleha, and passed it over the first half a shir. Chayv is chayv. The Gemara asks, Vamai, why? Haloinach, it never rested in the Rishusarabim. So no, Kigan Shavira Tachlaisha. He passed it within three tvachim of the airspace of the Rishusarabim, and therefore will say Lavud and he'll be chayv. Ask the Marav Hamarava. Rava himself told us, Taich Shleisha the Rabbanon, that within three Tvachim of the Rosh Rabbim, according to the Rabbanon, Tzarech Hanachal Gabi Mashu. It has to rest on something. And over here, he simply carried it over and it never rested. Why would he be Chayev? Mar says, Loikash, it's not a problem. Kan Bezarek, that Halacha that it has to rest is talking about when you throw an object. If you throw an object, even though it's within three tefachim of the floor of the Rosh Hashanah since it never rested, so you're not going to be chayv. But Kan Bimavir, in our case, he passed it over. He was holding the object, so it's considered like it's resting in his hand. Therefore, we can say lovid, we can combine these two half shiurim to be mechayv him. Tan Rabbanan, He took out two halves of a shiur within the same lapse of awareness. Chayev, he's chayev. 
If it's in two separate lapses of awareness, then putter he'd be putter. Rabbi Yesi says, If it was the same lapse of awareness to the same Rishos Harabim, but if he's bringing out the two separate Rishos Harabims, putter then he's putter, even if it's the same lapse of awareness. Amarabba Rabba says, It has to be that there's a Chiv Chatos in between these two Rishos Harabims, which means there has to be a Rishos Hayachid in between these two Rishos Harabims that shows that these are two distinct Rishos Harabims. But if there's a Karmelis in between these two Rishos Rabbims, that doesn't show the distinction of these two Rishos Rabbims enough, and the person would still be Chayev. Abayi Omer says, Afilu Karmelis. Even if there's a Karmelis separating these two Rishos Rabbims, that's enough of a separation that the person wouldn't be Chayev for carrying half here and half there. Aval Pisla But if there's a block of wood in one Rosh Hashanah itself, dividing the Rosh Hashanah in half, that's not considered like two separate Rosh Hashanah and a person would be chayev for putting half here and half on the other side. Rav Alman Rav says, Afilu Pisla, even if there's a block of wood dividing one Rosh Hashanah into two, he still would be putter. It's considered like two separate Rosh Hashanah Rav goes according to his own reasoning. Dama Rav, Rav had said somewhere else, Rosh Shabbos, Rosh for Shabbos, Rosh Get in Damia is the same thing for Rosh for a Get. We know that if a man's divorcing his wife, he either has to give her the Get in her hand, or he has to put it in a rishos that belongs to her, so the rishos can accept the get for her. So take a scenario where a man has a chatzar, he has a courtyard, and he lends the courtyard to his wife for the purposes of being able to put the get in the courtyard, and now she'll be divorced. So he throws the get into the courtyard, and it lands on a pisla on a block of wood within this courtyard. We look at it as if it landed in a completely separate rishos. It's not resting in this woman's rishos, and she's not divorced. The same thing here. If we have a pisla, a block of wood, dividing rishos rabim, it's considered like its own rishos. It's a separation in between these two rishos harabims, and therefore, a person who brings half here and half there would not combine the shear to be mechay of him. The Gemara continues to explain the Mishnah. A woman's chay for bringing out eye makeup if it's enough to put on one eye. The Gemara says, Women don't put makeup on one eye. The modest women put makeup on only one eye because they cover their entire face with a veil and they only reveal one eye, so that's why the shear is for just one eye. Maybe I'll ask you, Stira, Rib Shimbin Emir, he tells us, Kachal, if a person's bringing out eye makeup, Imler Rafua, if this is a type of eye makeup that's meant for healing, Kedelikal Ainachas, so a person's chayev, if he cares out just enough for one eye, because it could be he has a sore or an issue with only one eye, but Imla Kashit, if it's meant to beautify the person, Bebezein Ayim, so they're only chayev to care out enough for two eyes, not one eye. We say, no, Tirgma Hill, Braid Reb Shmuel, Barnachmeni, he explains this, Kitanyahu, that Bryce is talking to Iranias with the village women. Because the villages had smaller populations and quieter lifestyles, there wasn't a need to be excessively tsnias. Therefore, women would go out with both of their eyes uncovered. That's why the shear for village women is enough makeup to cover two eyes. However, the lifestyle of the cities, which were much busier, had a very big potential for leading to more frivolous way of life. That's why the women had to go out being excessively tznias by covering their entire face and only showing one eye, and that's why the shear for the city women is enough makeup to cover one eye. And the Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah, Shaiva Kadelitin Alpinak of Kata, and a person's chai for carrying out wax, if it's enough to cover a small hole. Tana the Brasa tells us, Kadelitin Alpinak of Kata and Shalyayin, it's a small hole on a barrel of wine and not on any other barrel. The Mishnah says, Deva Kadelitin Brasha Shafshaf, a person's chai for carrying out glue, enough to put on top of the board. What does that mean? Tana Brasa tells us, Kadelitin Brasha Shafshaf, Shabiroish Kanashel Tsayadin. On the top of the board, it's on top of the stick of bird trappers. What they would do is they'd have this long stick, at the top of it there was a board, they would put a lot of glue on it, and then when a bird would sit on the board, it would get stuck to the glue. So the shear for glue is actually a very large shear because you needed a lot of glue to catch a bird.
And continues the Gemara, Zephyrus Vigafris Kedelases, pitch and tar in order to make a hole, Tana Kedelases Nekev Katan, in order to make a small hole in a vial of mercury to prevent the mercury from spilling out and just allow a little bit to come out at a time. Charsis Kedelases Pikor, there was Machlekes in the Mishnah between the Chachamim and Rabbi Huda, how much Charsis crushed brick a person's chai for taking out. The Chachamim held it was Kedelases Pikor, which, which is this small receptacle for holding the billows of a goldsmith, whereas Rabbi Huda had said it's to make a pit put, it's to make this entire tripod. The Gemara asks, Lamar Jeshua, Rabbi Huda, Nafish, you're telling me Rabbi Huda's shear is a larger shear, meaning he's more makel in this. We know that the Rabbanan have a larger shear and that Rabbi Huda is usually the more machmir one, not the more makel one. Did not Rabbi Huda Imer, Rabbi Huda had said in the same Mishnah, Kedelito Hemenu Midas Menalakatan. He argued with a Chamim how large a gemi, a reed string, has to be. And he said this proper size that a person would be chayav for is the size that a person usually takes to measure a child's shoe, which is a smaller shear, which means that he's more machmir. So how could it be that he's more makel over here? The Gemara says, In order to fix the cracks of this tripod, not in order to actually make the tripod. Skip the next two lines because the gillian takes them out. Pam would base on the top. Tan Rabbanon, Hamaiti Sayer, someone that carries out hair. Hair was very useful for making clay. How much is he chai for taking out? Kadela Gabal by Satit. Enough that's beneficial for kneading clay with it. Tit, if he carries out actual clay, Lassus Pikushal Tzerfiz up. He's chai if he takes out enough in order to make the small holder for the bellows of the goldsmith. Sid Kidei Lassad, there was a three Machlekes about if a person takes out lime, how much does he have to take out? I had said that he's chayv, if he takes out enough lime, he lost an etzba katana shabonis in order to put lime on the small finger of a girl. And what do we use lime for? The Jewish girls that reach their time, but they haven't reached age, which means they prematurely reached a stage of physical maturity. Rashi says they brought Shtei Cyrus, which means they have two pubic hairs. However, they're too young for this to be normal, and they're very embarrassed by this. So what do they do? The poor girls would smear lime on it to take it off. The wealthier girls, they would smear fine flour to remove this hair. The daughters of kings, they would put Shemen Hamor on them. Shinemar, as it says in the Pasuk in Megillus Esther, describing the process that the girls went through in preparation to meet King Ahasuerus, Shisha Chadashim Shemen Hamar, six months in Shemen Hamar. My Shemen Hamar, what is this? Rav Huna Bar Chia, Amar, Sitakas, it's perfumed oil. Rav Yirma Bar Abba, Amar, Shemen Zayas it's olive oil made out of olives that haven't grown a full third of their growth yet. Tanya, Rabbi Huda Aimer, on Piknun is Shemen Zayas Shlevi on Piknun is this type of oil that is made out of olives that haven't grown a third. And Velama Sachana say, why do people anoint themselves with it? Shemashia Saser, it removes unwanted hair, Uma Adin Habasar, and it makes the flesh glow. And that's what this lime was used for. Rabibi Havile Brata, Rabibi had a daughter, Tafla Eva Aver, he smeared her limb by limb with Sid to remove hair and make her glow. Shakal Badal Mezuzi, he took 400 Zuz as payment for her as a bride, she was so beautiful. Hava Hu Nachibashavuse, there was a Gentile in his area, Havile Brata, he had a daughter, Tafla Bachad Zimna, he smeared lime on her all at once, Umesa, and she died. Amar, this fellow said, Kata Ravibi Labrati, Ravibi killed my daughter. It's not that Ravibi did anything wrong, it's just that he didn't follow exactly what Ravibi did. He did it all at once, whereas Ravibi did it limb by limb. Um, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Ravibi Dishasi Shech, Ravibi drinks beer by Yon Benase Tafla. So his daughters need this lime treatment only because beer causes hair to grow at a more rapid pace and darker. But Anand, Leishasin, and Shechra, we don't drink beer, Lai Bayan Benas and Tifla, our daughters don't need this lime smearing. 
machlekes between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Chami in the Mishnah regarding this seid. Rabbi Huda had said kidei lasud kilkel in order enough seid to put on a kilkel, and Rabbi Chami had said andipi. The Gemara asks, my kilkel, my andipi. What are these things? Amar Rav, Rav says tzeda ubas tzeda. It's the temple and the area underneath the temple. They would put this to remove unwanted hair and to shine the skin a little bit. The Gemara says, remember this year, Rabbi Huda nafish. I tell me Rabbi Huda has a larger shear than the Chachamim. How could that be? Hakaim on this year, Rabbanu nafish. We know that the Rabbanu are always the one that have the larger shear, and Rabbi Huda is more machmir. The Gemara says, no, Zutim is Rabbanan, his shear is smaller than the Rabbanan's shear, the Nafesh from Rabbi Nechemia, but it's larger than Rabbi Nechemia's shear. So we see that he's still more machmir than the Rabbanan. The Gemara asks on our understanding of Andipi. Meisve, Amar Rabbi, Nirendivir Rabbi Huda Bechavot, Rabbi Huda's shita of how much a person's chayev for taking out makes more sense with chavot dissolved sid. This was dissolved in water. But Rabbi Nechemia, Rabbi Nechemia's shita, but Beitzas said when we're talking about a lump of lime. If Kilkul and Andipi is really the temples and the area underneath the temples, it's much more beneficial to use Chavot dissolved lime by both of them. You wouldn't want to use a lump of lime for Andipi. We're talking about a two-spouted barrel, a barrel that had two spouts, and when you wanted to fill it up, so you would plug the bottom with a lump of lime, and then you'd fill it up with wine. And that's what Andipi is. That's why we're talking about a lump of lime. The Gemara says, of Kahana, does a person make his money free? Meaning, does he forfeit his money by plugging a barrel of wine with a lump of lime? How could that be? When the wine goes in, it will dissolve the lime and then spill out. So that doesn't make sense. Rav Khan, Rav Khan says, Shnasais. We're talking about the markings of a barrel. Barrels had markings to tell us how much liquid was in them. And in order to make the markings more noticeable, they would put lime on it. And that's what you would use a lump of lime for. Kitidnan, we have a Mishnah like this. Shnasais hayu behin. There were markings in the Kli of the Mishkan called Hin. Adkan par up until here you fill up wine for Nesachim for a par. Adkan isle up until here you fill up wine for a ram. Adkan keves up until here you fill up wine for a keves for a sheep. Vibayisema, or we could say Mayandipa, what is Andipa? Afusa, it's a forehead. And they would put this lump of lime on the forehead not to remove hair, but just to make the forehead more shiny and noticeable. And we have a story to illustrate this. There was a Galilean, the Iklola Bavel, that came and visited Bavel. The Amrule, they told him, Please darshan for us in Maisim Rekava. The first parak of the Navi Yecheskel tells us of the vision that Yecheskel had of the Maisim Rekava, the chariot of Hashem and everything that surrounded it. This is incredibly esoteric and Kabbalistic and the Gemara actually tells us that you're not allowed to darshan about these things in public. And they asked him to do so. Amrlu, he told them, I'll darshan for you, like Rav Nechemi darshan for his friends. Not a problem. And a hornet came out of a wall, and it stung him on his forehead, and he died. So we see that Andipi is a forehead. They said about this fellow, from him, came upon him. It's his fault that he agreed to darshan in public about these things that you're not allowed to. So he brought his own demise upon himself. And the mission continues. Adama, if a person carries out earth, he's chai for carrying out the amount. To make a seal for a sack made out of bark of a tree. This was a sack that they used to carry merchandise onto a ship. A seal to seal a letter, which is a much smaller shear, means they're much more machmir. Zevel v'chol hadak, fertilizer and very fine sand. Kedele zavel kelech shel krov, he's chayv if he takes out enough to fertilize a stalk of cabbage. Divi rabbi kiva, v'chayim rabbi nesei kedele zavel krisha, in order to fertilize a leek, which is a much smaller amount. Chol hagas, 
coarse sand, he's if he cares out enough to put onto a full spoon of lime. If he cares out a reed, has to be enough in order to make a pen. They would make pens either out of feathers or reeds. But if it was too thick to make a pen, or was cracked, so then he's if he brought out enough, they could be used as fuel for a fire to cook the most easily cooked of eggs. Trufa, only after it's been beaten, unisuna be'elfas, and placed inside the pot. Amalekaf said, what does this mean, putting coarse sand on a spoonful of lime? Tana, kedeliten alpi kaf shel sayadim. It's enough sand to put on the opening of the spoon of plasterers. So really the spoon is not really a spoon. The proper word to use is trowel. It's this flat tool that they use to smear the plaster onto the walls. In Eretz Yisrael, it's called a shpachtel, and coarse sand was beneficial for the lime. Now the Gemara asks, hold on, which Tana taught us that sand is good for lime? It's really Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanya Brasa tells us, a person may not plaster his house with lime after the destruction of the base of Mikdash, unless he mixes straw or sand with it. After the destruction of the base of Mikdash, the Chamim said, no using plaster for your house. Plaster was very white and bright and beautified the house and we're not allowed to do such a thing after the base of Mikdash. And in order to tone down the Sid, you would have to put straw or sand to kind of tone down the color. Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Huda says, Tevin Mutter, you're allowed to use Tevin, but usr, you're not allowed to mix sand inside. Bibneshu Traxid, because it makes this the plaster very, very strong, and even though the plaster is not so brilliantly white, nonetheless, it's so strong, and that's considered beautifying the house, and that would be usher. So we see that it's really Rabbi Yehuda that tells us that it's beneficial to put sand inside the plaster. So that means that our Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda, not the Chachamim. The Gemara says, no, Rav Amar Afilu Our Mishnah could be the Rabbanan. Kilkuloi Zehuti Kunai. Ruining the Sid by placing sand in it and making it darker, that is in essence fixing it up because now you're allowed to use it for your house. Therefore, you'd be high for carrying out sand on Shabbos. Kanakade las is Kolmas. Tana, the Brasa tells us, Kolmas hamagiel this pen has to reach to the joints of a person's fingers so it could be a usable writing implement. By Ravashi, Ravashi asks, Keshara Elyon and Keshara Tachron, are we referring to the lower joint or upper joint of the finger? Teku, we'll have to wait for Elyon and Navi for that. The Mishnah said, Vimhaya Ave Amorosas, if the reed was thick or cracked, so then the shear of Isra of carrying it out was enough to fuel a fire to cook a very easily cooked egg that was beaten in a pot. What does this mean? Tana, trufa b'shemen in usuna be'elfas. It has to be that it was beaten with oil and then put in the pot because now it's really easy to cook. He asked his son, Has anyone told you what this very easily cooked egg is? It's an egg of a small bird. Some say it's a small dove. And that's considered easily cooked. So he says, hold on. My time why are you saying that's considered easily cooked? Mishim de because it's small. Ema de tzifrita. Why don't you just say the egg of a tzifrita, which some say is a hummingbird, which is even smaller than a small dove? Why are you picking one small bird over another? Ishtek, so he's quiet. Amalei, he responded, Have you heard about anything about this? Amalei, hachi, Amar Rav Sheshes, what Rav Sheshes says, Beitzas Tarnagailas. It's talking about a chicken egg. My call a beitzakala. So why are you calling it a beitzakala? Why are you calling it an egg that's easy to cook? Say, Shirai Chachamim, the Chachamim measured in the Chabetzakala, Vashal Yertzim, Beitzas Tarnagailas. There isn't a single egg that's easier to cook other than a chicken egg. So we ask, hold on, why is it that all food-related shiurim on Shabbos, the isser is a gregaris, a dried figs worth, a person not to grind or harvest or carry out into their shisurabim, a dried figs worth, and over here the shear is an eggs worth, why is there a difference? Amalei, hachim Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, kigregeres mi beitzakala, the shear is a gregaris over here also, meaning if we have a thick 
or cracked reed that can't be used as a pen, the iser of carrying it on Shabbos is if it's large enough to fuel a fire that can cook a gregaris of a chicken egg which was beaten with oil and placed inside the pot. Everyone should have a wonderful day.